Alex Marlowe, Editor-in-Chief of Breitbart News, and this is the Breitbart News Daily Podcast. We have a special show for you today, no monologue, I'm pretty much on vacation at this point, but I did want to share with this audience an interview I conducted with Ava Vlardingerbrook, who is a political commentator and lawyer and a political philosopher, if you will, and a rising star in the conservative commentariat, and she comes from the Netherlands, I think she's in the United States right now, as uh, we recorded the conversation, but... Uh, she has a, I think, a pretty good head on her shoulders and a fearless ability to, I think, fight for freedom. And uh, it's a compelling conversation that begins with talking about the plight of the Dutch farmers that has gotten some international attention with some massive and dramatic protests, uh, who these farmers are standing up to the government's imposition of ridiculous emissions requirements that were put in place all at once and are uh, leading to perhaps food shortages and blockages with supermarket distribution and are potentially going to put a lot of these people out of business all in the name of the sort of Davos globalist green agenda. So scary stuff. She breaks it all down and explains the implications for uh, us in the United States as well. Let's hear it. Great to have you on the show, and we got a lot to get to, I think, about uh, Europe, about uh, your native country, uh, but I want people to get some of your background also. Uh, it is, um, uh, have you got a chance to spend much time in the United States? Because you're getting embraced here as a up-and-coming commentator and conservative star. Oh, thank you. Well, uh, you're having me, so that's that's amazing. Thank you so that's much true. for that. Um, and that. Yeah, no, I, this is my first time actually in the U.S., so I have to say it's been a very warm welcome, and I'm, I'm very happy to be here. Yeah, we do have a – we are rooting for people who are bold spokespeople for freedom. And this seems to be the kind of connective tissue with the stuff that you pop up uh, talking about is you just don't like the idea of a big government oppressing all of us. It just seems to be that simple, but uh, somehow still a radical uh, viewpoint in some in some areas of public life in, these days. Oh, especially at home, where I'm from. Uh, oh, my country is such a, you know, it's a country that, that really likes to talk about itself as a pacifist, a very, you know, neutral and, and well-balanced country when it comes to the political debate, um, which just translates into the left uh, rules and any type of uh, opinion that dissents is something that's censored. So what I've talked about, about the farmers in the international debate, in the American debate, at home, they're, they're, they're talking about that as if it's the worst thing in the world. It's, uh, you know, international fake news. And I'm, uh, I, they even labeled me the international face of, of international fascism because of wow. the things that I've said about the farmers. So it's, uh, the machine is running. You can, yeah. I can really tell that they're not too happy about what I've been saying to the American audience. And this is classic projection. Uh, this is how you know you're over the target is when the left starts calling you all the things that they're doing. Is the, 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 the That's always their first move. The, the clearest example of this is the whole Russia conspiracy hoax that we've dealt with for so long. It was created by Hillary Clinton, who knew she had done polling and she was most vulnerable because she had two favorable 
of a policy position on Russia. And she'd made too much money from Russia and her foundation had made too much money from Russia. And so she just said, well, we'll just say Trump is the Russian puppet. And it worked. And, and that's a playbook they keep running. Yeah, that's how it always seems to go, huh? They, they spread a lie, slander boldly, and something always sticks. That's the, that's the motto. And it works. And then they just never correct what they said. And the whole no. the public seems to just buy it. So let's talk about the Dutch farmers, because we've covered this from our London Bureau at Breitbart quite a bit. And this has gotten pretty dramatic um, in terms of what they're doing and why this this uh, clash with the government is taking place. So let's start with what is the new policy? Uh, there are some real lies behind it. I want to break down what those are having to do with nitrogen, et cetera. Um, and then tell us what the farmers are doing to stand up to the oppressors. Of course. So what you have to know is that our government is following um, a climate agenda, the 2030 agenda, more broadly speaking. And they're saying that the Netherlands has nitrogen and ammonia emissions that are too high and that they're threatening the climate, that they're threatening the local nature and that they need to be cut down. And for some reason, they're not coming after the airlines. They're not coming after any other industry that actually is, you know, a contributor in these emissions apart from the Dutch farmers. So what they're saying is the Dutch farmers need to give up 30 percent of their land by 2030. And for a lot of these farmers, that means that they're going to go completely out of business, depending on where they are in the country. And that land goes to the state. Surprise, surprise. So basically what's happening in, in normal, you know, simple English is that our farmers are being expropriated and the, the state is stealing their land. So, you know, you just have to think about it this way. If you if the state comes into your house and says, hey, uh, Alex, I'm going to take 30 percent of everything you ever worked for away from you and you have nothing to say about it. That's exactly what our farmers are going through. And oftentimes these are these are companies or these are businesses, I mean, that they've had in their families for centuries on end because our uh, the farming business in the Netherlands is is very strong. They make up about 80 percent of the Dutch land and we're the second largest uh, agricultural exporter in the world. So you have to imagine these are proud people, hardworking people and very successful people that are now being robbed of their property. Is this a long time coming or is this something that was kind of a, it, was it a slow build or did this seem to happen all at once? Because sometimes the, a lot of the reaction when there's a big reaction is because maybe the uh, the totalitarians bit off too much too quickly. Yes, this was the, let's just say this was the straw that broke the camel's back. So okay. our government has been terrorizing our farmers for years. In 2019, there was already somewhat of a uprising, you could say. They already had major protests because, you know, they've been doing this for a long time. They're really getting under their skin by changing the regulations, tightening the restrictions constantly. And a lot of these farmers have already reformed their farms beyond recognition. And this just was basically, like I said, the straw that broke the camel's back, because this is simply, you know, this is not a reform. This is you're going out of business and give us your land while you do so. So, you know, this is the the furthest that the government has ever gone. And thankfully, our farmers are resilient people and they've been protesting uh, these ridiculous regulations for the for the past week and a half. And they've done it very courageously. 
So how did the they decide all at once that there was uh, that that these regulations were necessary? I mean, how did you all exist and become one of the biggest exporters of farm products in the world if everything was so bad before? I mean, is that a logic that's lost on people that you can't just decide all of a sudden like, well, well, now we got a problem and they expect everyone to go along with it? Right. No, they take it for granted. People take it for granted for sure. But this is, I think this is their tactic. You know, what they do is they suddenly, or actually more so over the years, by influencing the public opinion, by fear mongering, by making people believe that there is a massive climate crisis that needs action. Right. You know, that's something that, has, that we've been told for, for, well, decades now. And then at some point, they'll just tell you, oh, we actually have a crisis that requires action right now. And it's always the same thing. It's never the government that has to take action. It's, or it's always you. You have to give up your rights. You have to give up your property. We've seen the same type of tactic when it came to COVID. And they're doing that to the farmers right now. And I think they didn't expect this much of a pushback to it. Because like I said, the farmers have been protesting quite uh, courageously over the past week and a half. And they haven't stopped yet. But Sadly, like with all authoritarian and totalitarian states, the police has, has been quite aggressive, you could say very violent, actually, in their response to, to the protesters. So we've seen, we've seen images from police actually even shooting, uh, uh, firing shots at, uh, in this case, it was a 16-year-old boy. You know, these are wow. not things that we usually see in the Netherlands, in our so-called very pacifist uh, country. So the, the response has been very, very strong against them. But the people of the Netherlands are the silent majority is definitely behind them. Brooke is my guest, and she's at Ava Vlar, V-L-A-A-R, on Twitter. She's got a good Instagram. She's got a Substack. Everyone should support what she's doing. Um, and the, the, some of the images are just unbelievable with so, tractors and other farm equipment. I, I think my two-year-old would know the names of all of the uh, of various vehicles better than I would at this point. But uh, all of these amazing farm uh, vehicles that are blocking roads with uh, flags waving, Dutch flags waving. Uh, it, it's such a bold statement. It is clearly passionate people who understand that the stakes are high and they need international attention. They need help from the international community here. And it just seems like these are people who are standing up for freedom, self-sufficiency, the individual and against big government globalist agenda. That seems to be what's happening. But tell us some of the details about what you're hearing from people, what you're seeing and where you think this is going to go from here. Right. Well, yeah, you said it right. The farmers are aware that what is happening here is not just the Dutch government um, imposing their policies on them. They understand that this is part of the larger agenda. You know, like like I said before, these regulations need to be realized before 2030. Ring the bell, right? This is all part of the 2030 agenda. Uh, our prime minister, Mark Rutte, is very deeply involved in the World Economic Forum, is a great proponent of all of these you know, all of the, the ide- ideals and ideas that are laid out in the 2030 agenda and the Great Reset, you could say, it's all related. So all of these policies are out of that 
you know, out of those institutions, and they're being implemented in our country first. We're sort of the pilot country together with Canada for for this agenda, you could say. And the Dutch farmers realize that. They know that they're part of a bigger plot. And th- like you said, they're self-sufficient. They, are, they stand in the way of that agenda more so than any other group. And they also have the manpower to resist it harder than ordinary civilians. So the, the Dutch farmers on the street are recognizing this and they say we need to stop this because our land is being taken away for that very reason that's why the state wants to have it and also because the netherlands is a very full country very densely populated country that's in lack of land especially since we have massive um we have mass migration we have open borders we have so many immigrants coming to our country and the government has no place to house them so, so okay, so so the, this is a. I was hoping we'd go here because I want to connect a few things because we've got uh, at least inklings that there is a global food crisis that could be happening that's going to lead to a lot of mass migration. I think we're already seeing a fair mm-hmm. bit of that already. Uh, you would think Netherlands would be a spot where people could end up, and particularly with the amount of farming that's done there, uh, th- these are can't be entirely unrelated, are they? No, they're they're absolutely not unrelated. I mean, the Dutch government really wants you to believe, and the Dutch mainstream media, the state-funded media, has been labeling what I just said as fake news, but it's in their own documents. So there are are actual state documents that have surfaced in which it's black on white is written that they need and they're going to actually use the the, uh, expropriated land for building uh, refugee crisis centers. And it's no surprise, you know, everyone can do the math. Two plus two is four. You have a housing crisis. Why? Not because the Dutch population is naturally growing, but because we have open borders and there are hundreds of thousands of immigrants coming into Europe every year. It's, it's, no, it's not very difficult to understand. And, you know, normal people see it, yet they obviously don't want you to know that this is the real reason, one of the real reasons behind their policy. So they're still trying to make people believe it's about climate change and nitrogen. But most ordinary people, I feel like, see past that and understand that that's not what's what's really happening here. Yeah, so this is where I want to point out, I want to go big picture and talk about what really is happening because this is where I think people in the American audience, people who download our shows and go to Breitbart.com, this is where we come in because this is a test case, this is a trial balloon, and if people roll over and allow for flimsy excuses like this for big government globalists start seizing land and start harassing uh, the people who are the backbone of society, if we roll over here, there's no end to how much they're going to confiscate from us. They've already taken so much since the pandemic and they only want more. They're power hungry. They're and they're all the same types of people, the globalists, whether they're in uh, California or in Washington, D.C. or in the Netherlands or in Brussels. It, it's the same group of people. They have the same values. And it, it, this is where we need to be very cautious. Right. Absolutely. I think that people have to be aware that, like I said, these are the tactics that they use. So there will always be a new crisis that is presented to you as something that needs immediate action. And you'll see that if you look closely, it's always you. It's always you, ordinary civilian, ordinary citizen that has to give up his or her rights. So that's that's the trend here. That's what people need to start seeing. That's the real agenda that our governments have. And of course, the food supply, the farmers 
what better way to control people than by controlling their food supply? You know, this way the state is able to have full control over your lives if they dictate what you can't eat and what you can and when you can eat and when you can't eat. So, you know, wars have been started over less, I'd say. That's such an important point and such a scary one. So uh, uh, what is the media like in the Netherlands? Is there any favorable press there? Is there any conservative press? Is the press free uh, there at all? Because this is always a major, uh, major thing, like how the, the media can be the message here. <laughs> yeah. No, I wish we had Breitbart in uh, in Europe, honestly. But you know the way they talk about you guys over in, in Europe. Well, that's, that's that reflects how they talk about this and how they talk about me now, for example, you know, sure. they, like I said, they, they have labeled my Tucker segment as uh, international fake news multiple times in the state funded wow. uh, mainstream media. Uh, they come after you. So personal attacks on my character. They called me a milk maiden. They called me an inter- a representative of international fascism. It's and there is no hard uh, counter. Um, uh, Ava, that's a lot of range to be a milkmaid and, and a, a voice of international fascism or the face of international fascism. That, that's pretty good. I mean, that's a, it's fun, it's that's fun, a, that's huh? a wide yeah, variety. Yeah. I know the left, is, <laughs> they're so great at that. On the one hand, you're, you're a helpless little bird controlled by evil men. And on the other hand, you're an evil mastermind uh, and witch. Yes. it's just the funniest thing. But in there, you know, the left doesn't care about being hypocrites. So, yeah, and, no, and, I know. This is a my favorite is how they talked about Trump, where Trump was the he he was the a biggest buffoon to ever be the president, and also mastermind rigging an election with Vladimir Putin. It didn't leave a shred of evidence in the process. Like it's just yeah, uh, the, the, yeah, it seems exactly. a little far fetched. But, but it's problematic because I mean they they control the entire media landscape over uh, at home, and like I said, we don't have Breitbart, we don't have Fox News, we don't, or at least no Tucker Carlson, I should say. So, sure. you know, it's, it's, it's hard. People people follow the mainstream narrative and they know that if they don't, that they're going to be treated the way that I'm being treated. They're going to be treated the way that, you know, that they write about you guys, for example. So it's a very clear sign by the government. Don't you dare go there. Don't you dare descend from what we tell you that you can think and that you are allowed to say. Otherwise, right. we'll ruin your lives. So uh, tell me, what do you think happens here? Do you think the farmers prevail? Do you think the farmers get uh, at least some sort of level of respect and dignity restored? Or do you feel like that the crackdowns are going to continue and uh, it's just there's there there's only so much they can do? I sure hope they prevail. I think this is a waiting game. So if the, if the yeah. farmers so far, they haven't let themselves be intimidated by the state. So if they continue this, if they continue to persist and resist, I think they have an actual chance, but that's the question here. Are they going to? Well, like I said, so far we're a week and a half in, uh, and they're still out there. They're still on the streets. They're still persevering. So I hope that if they are able to do that, if they're able to to know that we support them, and that's why your international support is so important to these people. I can't tell you that enough. I've I've gotten so many messages from people saying, "Man, if I look at the Dutch media, it seems like everyone hates us." And then when I see the way that, you know, I'm being covered in America, uh, how you guys talk about us in the international media, we, I feel so supported. So you don't know how, how big of a deal this is for our farmers to get some support from the international uh, conservatives. So it, it, this, is, this is pivotal for, to their fight. And I hope that they, they take it and see that they have people all around the world who support them and that they continue this.
Ava Vlardingerbrook at Ava Vlar V L A A R on Twitter. She's got Instagram. She's got Substack. Check it all out. Uh, can't miss stuff. Ava, this is a pleasure. Hope hope you come back soon. Thank you so much, Alex. Have a great day. Thanks to producers Greg Eben and Zach and all of you who continue to listen to the shows during my brief hiatus and go to Breitbart.com and share all of our content all over the social web. Can't thank you enough and we'll talk to you soon. I got